Welcome back to the program. Good to have you. The Bill Michaels Show. We continue on. Good stuff. Hopefully you're enjoying your day. Halfway through the program, coming up in the next hour, Mike Clement's going to join us and going to be talking to him in Green Bay as uh, we're all going to be heading north. Packers and Rams coming up a little bit later on the night. Don't forget the Green and Gold postgame show immediately following the contest this evening on many of these same stations and on YouTube, Twitch TV, and on the uh, Zone app coming out of Madison and uh, many other ways to listen to the program. Joining us now, though, on the uh, hotline, Kalen Kaler of The Athletic, joining us in regards to the article that uh, that, that was wrote, uh, written, I should say, uh, about what it's like to be a receiver inside the walls of 1265 and working with Aaron Rodgers. Kalen, how you doing? Hey, I'm doing well, Bill. How are you? I'm doing great. Um, so, first of all, what brought this up? Uh, what, what brought an inside look into the walls of 1265 and what it's like to work with Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I mean, two things. I think uh, the early part of the season, literally the first play of the season, seeing how how the season started with um, that drop with, by, by Christian Watson and, you know, seeing Dobbs and both Watson struggle. Obviously, there were injuries involved there, but um, I just started noticing, like, you know, Aaron is having to rely on rookies this year in a way that, he hasn't had to in the past uh, when he had, uh, you know, number one and number two receivers being like very long tenured veterans. Um, so this is kind of the first time that we saw him really having to incorporate rookie receivers in the offense. And I think the early part of the season showed us how hard that is, um, you know, and obviously Watson missed camp, uh, which didn't help with his development, but I thought there might be more to it. And then I was doing the story on another player, like completely unrelated to the Packers, but he had spent time with the Packers last season. And, you know, he told me, he just mentioned offhand, like, oh, it was really hard uh, to learn the signals in that offense. Like, it was really difficult uh, because they're not really officially taught. And this player had um, gotten there midseason, so he he was not, you know, he was trying to learn on the fly, having, having arrived in the middle of the season. So I just kind of filed that away, and I was like, oh, maybe that would explain why the transition – you know, from afar appears to be so difficult. So then um, I started calling, you know, former players uh, who had recently been there, a couple of guys uh, who were cut from the practice squad this season or last spring, and then Amari Rogers and, and Kylan Hill, who were obviously cut um, a couple, maybe it was just a month ago. I think it was in November, early November uh, when they were cut. And so I just started calling them to ask about, you know, the process of learning those signals, just the process in general of learning the offense and as a rookie and how it's so much different and more complicated than obviously any college offense, which is what they're coming from. Um, so yeah, I was really curious to see what their experience was like and how it is to be with a, a quarterback like Rogers, who is so experienced, so detailed, so particular, and to be coming into that as a brand new NFL player, what that's like. So uh, let's start with uh, the difficulty, because it seems like there are times when other receivers go to other teams and they just fit right in. They come in and they start catching yeah. passes, catch, catching touchdowns. It's no big deal. And we talk about the difficulty for anybody, because I, I look at it this way. The Packers don't have time to start teaching guys how to do this and say, oh, over the next two to three years, you're going to get better. They need people now. If you're going to hang on to Rodgers right. for the next couple of years, you have to have people now. So if it's that difficult aren't they then in essence kind of treading water and really they're not getting to their goal because they're not putting the right people in the right place to make plays? Yeah. I mean, I think we're seeing now, you know, Christian is obviously a lot more comfortable in this offense now. 
um, in the last month. I mean, the first sentence of my, of my story was like Christian Watson almost ruined the story idea um, because, you know, he's really come into his own and emerged in the last month. But if you remember back to like mid-season right before the trade deadline, Aaron was like begging for the team to make a move at receiver because Sammy Watkins was hurt. Cobb was hurt. The rookies were struggling. Um, you know, he was he was really urging to get a trade here. So, uh, you know, it's been a long season in Green Bay. And I think your point of, you know, treading water, it's true because, like, they when they traded Devontae Adams, I don't know if they underestimated how uh, long it would take or what the process would be like of incorporating a rookie or multiple rookie receivers into this offense and needing to rely on them in a way, as I mentioned earlier, that they really haven't had to before. But, like, you know, I mean, they still have a chance to make the playoffs, a very small chance. But I, I do think that the underestimation of, you know, what it would take to get this offense to the strength that it was when it had Devontae Adams, um, I think I think that is a big reason as to why, you know, it's, like, too late. It's like Christian Watson's development came too late. Romeo Dobbs, I mean, the injuries are a part of this as well because Dobbs had been playing better right before he got hurt as well. So, it's really just unfortunate timing, but I mean, you're right. Like typically receivers in the past receivers, it was very rare for a receiver to come out as a rookie and be elite and be re- totally ready to go. But in the re- last few years, you know, receivers are more prepared than ever coming from college to enter the NFL game. Um, you know, we've seen some really elite ones just kind of like take the NFL by storm, Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, when I would say Christian Watson was not a first rounder, but, you know, he's close. So I do think, you know, my main takeaway from doing this story was, like, it is harder to enter an offense where your quarterback has been around for so long and has developed such a particular way of doing things because so much more is expected of you and there's so much little patience for you to learn it. Do you think that the young guys have uh, – they obviously look at Rodgers as a Hall of Famer and it's like, oh, my God, I get a chance to play with Aaron Rodgers. But do you also think they look at it after a while like he wants us to be at his level. We're not going to be. It's almost a deterrent. I've always said the best leaders are the ones that lower themselves to your level to raise you up rather yeah. than just sit up there and demand that they come up to your level. Right. Um, I totally agree with that. I think – and when I was talking to EQ St. Brown, he's in Chicago now. I live in Chicago, so I was at Sarah's open locker room. And I I was asking him basically that question, you know, like what is the difference between playing with Justin Fields, the second-year quarterback in Chicago, and playing with Aaron Rodgers, who was so experienced? And he said, you know, in Chicago, he has more of a voice in the offense. He, he said Justin Fields is still learning things so he can communicate and have more conversations. I think his direct quote was, there's more conversation. And I think that conversation aspect is really important, especially for young players, so that they're not intimidated, so that they're not feeling like they're never going to measure up. Um, you know, but then you ask the player like Cobb that question, and he's like, well, do you want the ball? Like, what do you want? If you want the ball, you have to do it the way the quarterback wants it done. So, you know, I mean, there's two sides to that argument, but I, I do think, like, the conversation, the dialogue is helpful for a rookie Um and especially this year, you know, as you, you know, as you mentioned, like if you wanted to help them a little bit more, I think there are ways that they could do that. I think, you know, nobody was nobody I talked to was like, oh, Aaron Rodgers is harassing me, and like 
it, it wasn't that at all. This was like hardly even a negative. I mean, a lot of people were saying this was a hit piece on Aaron Rodgers on Twitter. And I was like, I don't know what you guys are reading because like right. everybody was on the record. Like nobody was really saying anything that negative about him at all. It's just an inside glimpse as to how it's done and what's expected of you. And the fact of the matter is there's a lot expected of you. And I was just talking to a coach yesterday who uh, had experience with Peyton Manning. And he was like, Peyton was very similar. Like there was very little patience. And the expectations were like, you need to know what you're doing right away. Um, you know, and as Sammy Watkins said, like, it's almost like there's two offenses. And he said, if you're not 100% up to date, you know, you're not going to be playing well. Like you're, you're not going to like hit that low state in this offense, essentially. Is that then almost detrimental to the offense though? I mean, here's my question. I mean, because we see guys play with other quarterbacks, they get indoctrinated almost right away is, and I keep going back to it. And I know Rogers, I know guys like Brady. I know these guys, you know, the argument is that Rogers and Manning will only win one or two Super Bowls because their high level of expectation and their obstinance because of it has also made them almost, you can't play with them. There are certain guys that can't play with them because yeah. they don't have that ability to be as smart as them. So, therefore, they have great talent, but they're just shunned. They're, you're just, quote, in yeah. the doghouse. You get the death stare. It it's yeah. almost becomes a detriment, too, doesn't it? I do. I think it does. Um, I think it's not the most welcoming environment. And, you know, as Amari Rogers said, um, I think my exact question to him was, like, uh, how was the what was the communication like with Aaron? Like, could anything have been better as far as the communication? The question was not, um, you know, why why were you fumbling? But, like, that was not what I asked him. I asked him about the communication in the offense. And his answer was Aaron didn't really talk to them about non the young guys, about non-football things. I think he was very available to have conversations about the offense, which is great. But, like, they didn't feel Amari's opinion, and Kylan Hill backed this up, and, and so did um, Chris Blair, who was a practice squad receiver. Their opinion as, as young guys in this offense was that, you know, Aaron had his click. He has his veterans who he's friends with. Um and the the younger guys just didn't really feel comfortable approaching him um, to talk about things and, like, to, to form a bond, which I think, like, yeah. And, and Randall Cobb was like, oh, well, that team is a team has 53 players. Like, we're supposed to be friends with all 53 players. We're supposed to hang out with everybody outside of work. Obviously not. Like, that's unrealistic. We all have coworkers that we are not friends with and that we don't really relate to on a personal level. But I think that's just part of the reality here is that, Aaron is now so much older than the rookies and um, they feel that they feel that gap very strongly, I think. And I think that's, that's part of it here is just the ability to connect with each other is like from what Amari and Kylan said is just not really there right now. Talking with Kaylin Kaler of the athletic uh, wrote the piece uh, regarding Aaron Rodgers. Uh, here's my question out of all of this, you take all this information and do I look at it, if I'm sitting in the walls of 1265, I'm thinking to myself, okay, this is not a rip piece, but this is a reality piece of what it's like behind closed doors. Do I then, with two years remaining on his contract, hand this to Aaron Rodgers and say, dude, you got to be more accessible. You got to be here. You got to be more welcoming. You got to you got to help elevate these guys rather than saying, ah, Cobb will coach him up and this and that. I don't have to show up. I'm not going to do this. I won't do that. And then when I get there, I'll expect him to be on my level. Is this the reality piece for Rodgers or for anybody coming into the system saying you're going to have a really difficult time with it if you don't make friends with this guy and go talk to him? 
Um, I mean, I think it would be helpful for players entering this offense to read this, but the reality is I think Aaron pretty much runs the show in Green Bay. So uh, I don't know that, like, who knows if he will read this story. Who knows? I'm sure people in the building have read it, but will it actually lead to any conversation with him? I have no idea because my impression is that, you know, he's kind of, he's kind of in charge there. So I, I don't know that like he'll change his ways at all. And like, you know, I mean, there are conflicting opinions. Like I think Dobbs and Watson have, have said, you know, he is approachable like during camp and, and saying nice things about him. And he said nice things about them as well. So, you know, it's hard to know exactly what's going on, but yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that. I mean, I, I think everyone should learn something from this. Uh, I think there's some a lot of helpful takeaways, but I don't know that anybody will. And I think your point earlier was in, uh, interesting because, like, obviously when I'm reporting this, I'm only looking at Aaron and I'm only looking at Green Bay. But I think if you did the same story on Tom Brady, it would probably be very similar um, because, you know, New England never really had a ton of success with highly drafted receivers either. Um, there weren't many of them with Brady that really panned out. So, I think there is probably something to be said just in general. A truth of the matter is that it's just so much tougher for a rookie to enter a situation with a, with an elite quarterback. And I think most of the time you'd think, Oh, well, that's probably the best situation for them because they're going to play with someone who's really, really good. And I think that's like the common sense part. But, but when you look at it on the other side, like it, it is almost like the expectations are too high. So that's really all I intended to do with this story is just kind of like ask the question of like, are the expectations too high? Right. And there's really, there's not going to be one answer to that. You know, everyone can kind of develop their own opinion on that. And each player is going to have a different opinion on that too. Kayla, good stuff. I uh, really appreciate the article and uh, I'll, I'll repost it so people can take a read too. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks so much. There you go. Kaylin Kaler of The Athletic, and uh, she has written the piece regarding Aaron Rodgers. And I, I want to get your reaction to that because I, I find this incredibly interesting. It's basically a piece out of The Athletic. If you haven't seen it, it's called Signal Meetings and Aaron Rodgers' Little Death Stare, What It's Like for Packers Rookie Receivers. And it seems via the headline like it's a rip piece, but it's not. It's a really honest look at whether or not you as a, a receiver – uh, have that ability to get on the same page with the quarterback and the quarterback to, I've always said this, and, and this was drained, grained into my head years ago, that and, that great leaders, first of all, they have the ability to delegate, allow people to do what they do best. Secondly, they lower themselves to elevate. They don't expect you to rise up to meet their needs. They lower themselves to elevate you. To elevate, it's like the high tide raises all ships, but you got to get the water under the ship first. You know, you can't just have the water outside the ship sitting on dry ground saying you got to get higher because it ain't going to happen. You got to elevate. And it's it's a really good insight into guys like Rodgers that are aging. I, see, Brady's a different cat. You don't hear about Rodgers gathering guys and putting them on high school fields and, you know, doing all that kind of stuff. I think there's a similarity there, absolutely. But one of the things that was brought up to me a while ago, and this was maybe a couple of years, when you look at the end of Peyton Manning's career and you look at uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and you look at some of these guys that have been great, but they haven't won numerous Super Bowls. Now, Brady obviously ran into the buzzsaw that – or excuse me, uh, Manning was obviously the guy that ran into the buzzsaw that was Brady. So 
that's kind of tough. You know, it's like guys that didn't win championships when Michael Jordan was at his peak. It just, you know, ran into Jordan. But when you look at their demand and their knowledge and their level, and they expect you to be on that level, the question is, do they lower themselves to help you to get to that level? Or do they just demand you get there? And when you're not, they give you the death stare. It's like, you're not going to be there. And we're, we're never going to be on the same page. I can't work with you. You got to go. You don't get it. There, that's because there's a lot of good quarterbacks and a lot of good receivers that you may not be able to work together if you're on two different levels and just don't have that ability to connect. So it's it's a really interesting piece. Let's do this. We're going to step out. We're going to take a quick break. Hey, our friends down there. <laughs> excuse me, uh, in Franklin, Wisconsin. They have the Lux Golf Bays, Lux Golf Bays, LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com, but they have the Enchanted North Pole going on right now. Now, they've got tons of bays. They're heated. Even this time of year, yeah, with the cold weather and the snow coming and stuff, you can still hit some balls. Okay, but if you want to go to the Enchanted North Pole, you want to see Santa, you want to take the kids, you want to do some cocoa, it's all the way up through the 24th, Thursday, uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, all the way through. You want to do all that this weekend, they have it. And they've got it going on right now down at Lux Golf Bays. Go to LuxGolfBays.com. It's located in Franklin, Wisconsin. That's LuxGolfBays.com. That's LuxGolfBays.com or EnchantedNorthPole.com. EnchantedNorthPole.com. And uh, you can uh, stop down there with the kids, enjoy some of the holiday space. Because your shopping's done, right? Sure it is. Go to LuxGolfBays.com and make your reservations now or EnchantedNorthPole.com. That's EnchantedNorthPole.com. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Michael show enjoying the day hey our friends at the four seasons island resort if you have not checked it out yet they have a terrific uh, new year's eve party coming up they have also got uh, the chocolate festival coming up in january numerous things happening that's the four seasons island resort pembine wisconsin get a hold of our girl barb b-a-r-b barb at the four seasons wisconsin.com that's barb at the four seasons Wisconsin.com or just call 715-324-5800, 715-324-5800. And when you do, make sure you tell them for the code uh, Bill Michaels 15 Bill Michaels 15 you get 15% off your stay is what they've been doing. But get a hold of Barb. Uh, just call her, 715-324-5800. Say, I want to come up for the Chocolate Festival. I want to come up for New Year's Eve. I want to bring the kids. I had somebody uh, email me and say, hey, what's there to do up there in the summertime? You have golf, you have the tennis, you have the uh, the uh, pontoon boats that you can, uh, you know, rent or take the tour on. You can do fishing, you can do kayaking, you can go see the waterfalls on the waterfall tour. Uh, they have UTV and ATV trails up there. I mean, they have so much. So whatever you want to do, you can do or just sit there and do nothing. Enjoy it. they got an indoor ice cream parlor there. They've got a really nice lounge. You've got a really good restaurant. The Boundary Water Sports Bar and Grill downstairs are so much just and you're only going for a few days anyway, really. I mean, unless you're taking a longer vacation, then you can go up and explore the UP or go down into Peshtigo and the wineries, whatever. 
So much to do up there, but check it out. The Four Seasons Wisconsin dot com. That's the Four Seasons Island Resort up there in Pembine, Wisconsin. So here's the question. Uh and, and Ben, you said that stood out to you that uh, that Rogers runs the show, right? I I believe the direct quote Kalen said was, it seems like he's kind of in charge there. Okay, so which you would assume with the offense and being the quarterback that most quarterbacks and offenses are. Um, But so did you take that as a derogatory? Like, oh, geez, Rodgers is in charge and you got to, you know, it's mandated whatever Rodgers wants, Rodgers gets, that type of thing. Or do you take it as Rodgers is really the one that's got kind of the, the, the hold around the offense? It goes back to me, a conversation we've been having really since he came back. And when the struggles started on offense this year, where not just in terms of running the show offensively, but kind of almost being bigger than the organization at times. Right. And I mean, he is a a tremendous player, one of the greatest ever. And I'm not going to doubt whether it it could work like I think it can. It's just the question of whether it's healthy long term, where if there's somebody in the building that is bigger than the organization, whether that works. Right. Because the only guy I can name that has felt like that has been Tom Brady. But even so, he was under Belichick, and it, you still felt like it was the Patriots. And then he did it in Tampa, and uh, it hasn't been as sustainable. You uh, now in, well, in Tampa also, he's been older. <laughs> it's not as sustainable. I right. mean, then again, he's only been there, what, three years? His first year, uh, first year they went to a Super Bowl. Second year they went to, they got knocked off last year. And then this year has been a kind of a failure. But the first year they went to the Super Bowl and won it. Last year they got beat, and then this year has been somewhat of an ugly kind of failure for them. I mean, that whole team just got old before our very eyes. Right? He's only played there three years. This is his third season. So, And he's 45 years old. So to say that the experiment's kind of, eh, you know, no. To go down, to take a, a new system, new players, new guys around him, and all he did was bring Gronk with him to say, I'm bringing my safety blanket, but beyond that, we're good to go. A whole new system, and then go win. Do Do you think that Rogers needing guys to be on the same page with him and go through his hand signal classes on Saturday and so? Do you think he goes anywhere else and wins right away? I think he could, if he's surrounded by like the talent Brady was surrounded with there in Tampa. Go. You just wonder if it's chicken or the egg. Now, is Christian Watson going to be that kind of talent? We don't know. Uh, I still think they need to bring in another player or two to help him next year. But I think Rodgers is better than Brady. I think Rodgers is as smart as Brady. I think talent-wise, he's got as much. You just And I, I couldn't help but going back to that conversation when you talk about Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. Brady's had the success. Rodgers and Manning. Manning's got two with two different teams. He's been to three Super Bowls, three or four. And Rodgers has been to one. For guys that have been that good, that smart, that successful, but not to have rings, even even with Favre to a certain extent, but those two guys are considered the most cerebral in the game. Why? Why do they not have more rings? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's 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 like they've almost been too smart, too good for their own good, rather than just saying, "I'm going to work with what I got," because it, you know, other than the Randy Moss deal, the Patriots never had these unbelievable, dy- unbelievably dynamic wideouts. You know, they usually had some pretty good tight ends. 
They had some good-handed receivers and Brady and the ability to run the football. They were kind of a balanced team. But he never had, you know, Devonta Adams on a consistent basis. He had Randy Moss for a short period of time during the undefeated season. He really shined, but beyond that, they didn't have this dynamic threat continuously, did they? Am I missing something here? No, and at least it didn't seem that way. Yeah, well, it, they were always built around the ends and, and running backs. I guess the, right. hmm. the I, I mean, the question is, what else could be done to make it better here? And that's why I come back to what you said last hour, maybe at the start of the show, where you wonder if more time together with the guys could have helped negate right. some of these feelings. I will say this. It couldn't have hurt. And that's the thing is, you know, could it have helped? Of course it could have. Could it have hurt? No. Wouldn't have hurt. Now, would it have been exactly the same? That we don't know. But I know one thing, it wouldn't have hurt. And that's why this whole thing of why I don't need to do this and I don't need to do When you start making the excuses of I don't need to do this, I don't need to put in the work, I don't. Well, it's not just, I, I've said this before, and I'm not, I'm not harping on this, but it's not just about you. It's about get, if you want guys to be on the same page with you, then it is about you. You know, it's one thing to have other people say, look at the film and look what he does and how he looks, how he looks at life. But it's another thing to get to know you, to see if you have the same mindset about stuff. And I think that's a very fair uh, assessment of what needs to happen, what what leadership needs to happen. And, you know, again, Rogers, he's everything he's gotten, he's deserved, I, without a doubt. But you got a few years left. Don't coast. You know, if I'm if I have anything as for not take away what it is we do on a daily basis. Take that away. If I have anything as a fan to say to Aaron Rodgers, don't coast. Don't coast. Don't don't say Cobby's gonna coach him up or let Matt do this or don't coast. It it's all. It's it's everything's in. It's it's all the cards to the middle of the table. Because you only got a few years left and then then you're done. Don't coast. That's that would be my recommendation. 877-867-1670-877-867-1670. Hey, our friends at the Nice Ash, thenicash.com. Went down there this past weekend. I was saying uh, just uh, earlier today in the program. Stopped by there on, uh, I think it was Saturday night. Saturday night it was, as a matter of fact. Had a terrific time, and uh, it, it was just a lot of fun. We, we had a really good time down there, enjoyed ourselves, and uh, the Nice Ash is just so cool. Just such a nice place. Uh, always fun, always great to go to. So uh, if you're going to do anything, if you're going to go someplace downtown Waukesha, check out our friends at The Nice Ash, theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com, and uh, you can stop uh, on in and see for yourself what it is they're all about. I, I love The Nice Ash. So if you get a chance, head down that direction. That's theniceash.com. That's theniceash.com. Nice Ash, downtown Main Street in Waukesha. Stop in and see for yourself. Stay tuned. we got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is The Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. That's the time of year. 
did a little bit the other night, as a matter of fact. Had some of the Moscato from our friends at Forgotten Fire Wines. And, uh, man, I loved it. Sat down at the bar the other night, watched the uh, watched the game on Thursday night. It was that kind of night. Had a little whiskeys and such, a little t- bourbon tasting and such over the weekend with my Bud Lights at the uh, at the uh, the Union House down in uh, Genesee uh, on Saturday. Had a really nice time down there, nice whiskey tasting and a Bud Light and and uh, then after that, finished dinner and went and did a few things afterwards and had a good time. But uh, if you're going to do the wine thing, man, that's uh, our friends at Forgotten Fire Winery, whether it's the Moscato. I love the Moscato. I love their ciders. They're fantastic. But if you're also looking for other things, they've got an award-winning Merlot. They have got uh, Cavs. They have got Pinot Grigios. They, whatever it is your heart desires, they have. Go to ForgottenFireWinery.com. That is ForgottenFireWinery.com. ForgottenFireWinery.com. And look for it. Ask for it by name. Grocery store, liquor store, wine store. And if you're in Pestigo, stop in and tell Jake and everybody we said hi. Go ask Jake for a tasting, and uh, he'll be glad. To, he'll be glad to kind of let you sample everything that they have, and then you can make your best choice. But we've had numerous people that have written the show and listened and said never knew about the place, never knew they were there. And Forgotten Fire Winery—that's the way to go. And oh, by the way, they're local. They're local. There you go. Our friends have forgotten fire wine. Let's get to the phone calls. Let's go to Mike listening to us in Cudahy. Mike, how you doing today, man? What's going on? Hey, how's it looking today on this manic Monday? Today it is good, and uh, today we got football, and we know that the uh, Great White Death is on its way later this week, so get out and enjoy yourself now. Well, you know, that's that's the thing. When you're born and raised in Wisconsin, I don't see how we have so many accidents that people are born and raised here. I, I can't understand. <laughs> right. yeah. And it's not like you know we live in Texas and you have that one 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 time in what hundred year uh, snowstorm you know, right? Yeah. Okay, getting back to the on point here um, with Rogers, I hate. I'm not telling like the way I see it. Um, I generally like to watch what people do and not listen to what they say because those are two different things here. And if actions do speak, now I, I've called before about this and just give me the podium just for a minute. Rogers never went to the OTAs to develop the um, I don't know chemistry timing whatever you want to call it trust with his uh, with the with the rookies and they're rookies okay you can't substitute um, a seasoned veteran uh, with uh, Adams because I mean he 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 was developed with the team he had a chance to learn the system in fact I remember and you probably remember this too where. Uh, in the first few years, if people wanted Adams gone. He was dropping balls, wasn't running yep. the right routes. And people mm-hmm. have short memories in the beginning with uh, with Adams. So here you go. You can't substitute Adams with uh, two or three rookies that are green, put him in the fire, and expect equal or, or greater results uh, with Adams gone. Okay? I mean, Rodgers right. needs to really have some confidence and, and trust in his receivers, and because he didn't go to OTAs for whatever reason, that didn't help matters either. But if you remember, too, 80% of the uh, offense, the plays were centered around Adams, too. So mm-hmm. when that security blanket left, Rodgers, yeah, he had Cobb, but Cobb is way beyond his, his good years now. Um, so I would say Rodgers had uh, two security blankets. He had Nelson and, and uh, Adams. Mm-hmm. So the way I look at it, when you t- when Rogers asked for fifty mil, you give him fifty mil. You got some dead cap money with Bakhtiari, and who knew that would happen? But you got all this money tied up. So the you know what they're doing, uh, Bill, the, the the Packers organization. They're saying, look, you wanted this money. Well, we can't afford the receivers that you want. You like you said before, Bill, you got to work with what you got. But he, 
Rodgers has to be patient. He's not a good teacher, and he's not giving the rookies a lot of confidence. I mean, that first play, uh, first game of the year when uh, um, was it Watson dropped that pass, it was a sure pass, touchdown. Mm-hmm, you right. can't, you know, that doesn't give a lot of confidence to a rookie. I mean, I, he, if Lux could kill, a lot of these people would be dead the way oh, Rodgers yeah. gives you a beatdown. And yeah. it's like, come on, he took a page out of Favre's book, being the diva. The only smart thing Rodgers did that uh, Favre didn't do is he's got them by the you-know-whats because of the money tie-up. So, yeah, you can't expect to get receivers when you got all your money tied up in two or three players. That It just mm-hmm. won't work. Right. No, I agree with that. I 100% I agree with that. I I look at, at Rodgers uh, over the last two years now, coming up uh, on these last two years of – you kind of got, if this is what you want to do and you're going to be here and you're going to be all in and you believe that these last two seasons are going to be this season's to go for it in Green Bay to get yourself to a Super Bowl, I think you got to be all in. You can't be off doing other things. And I understand he's earned that right and he knows it, but, but damn it, you got to get on the same page with these guys. Doesn't matter if they're in their second year or not. You got to get on the same page with these guys and you got to get things right with the wide receivers, the offense, the guys around Because I think there's going to be more than a few faces that are going to be changed on this offense. Can I just say one more thing before uh, yeah. I, we leave? If you count all the times between Favre and Rodgers being with the Packers, would, you, would it be safe to say that we have missed a legitimate five to seven trips to possible Super Bowls that they blew along the way? Seven. Um, yeah, you probably I mean, could because, yeah, you, you yeah. would look at, yeah, you, you the game that they, they threw the Aaron pass uh, against New York, that should have been uh, a trip to a Super Bowl. 2014 certainly should have been a trip to the Super Bowl. The game they lost against Tampa Bay, they should have won and should have had a trip to a Super Bowl. So, yeah, you could probably say it should have been at least three more times. Five at least, at least. In fact, I thought after that Seattle uh, debacle that, the whole coaching staff, I thought they should have gotten fired for blowing that. I mean, there's everything that could go wrong went wrong in the last five minutes. Right. No, that I, I, that was just a conglomeration of crap between and I, and you can't blame the coaching staff for Bostic going up to get that ball. Sean Slocum was screaming at him, "Don't touch it! Don't touch it! Don't touch it!" Even before the kick went off, to say Jordy's behind you, don't touch it. And he still went up and got it for whatever reason. Why did Julius Peppers tell Morgan Burnett to go down? That's not coaching either, he, but he did. He could, He had all kinds of field in front of him. He could have uh, gone in to score. Uh, some of those things I don't blame on coaching, but it was a calamity of just dumb errors. Micah Hyde not knowing to be on a two-point two conversion that gave that up. Just so many different things that were stupid, and I never understood why. Well, uh, hopefully after this season, Bill, if we do – hey, and that's another subject for another day, love. I would not get rid of him because we developed him. Why let him go? Who are we going to have to back up Rodgers if we let love go? <laughs> that's another subject. Right. No, excuse me. I understand that. My question is when it comes to Jordan Love, if you're not going to play him and you can get more for him and you're all in, you might – now, if they keep Rodgers more than next year, then you got to make a decision because you can't afford to pay Love 20-something million – the following year, and then plus play, you know, pay Aaron Rodgers fifty something million, and you're you got seventy five million wrapped up in quarterbacks. You can't do that. But if but if Jordan Love says, okay, I'll come back next year, then we'll take the big contract, whatever. The Packers have that leverage; they keep him at a low minimum, and then Rodgers only comes back for one more year. Then you can hang on to him. But if you're going to keep Rodgers for more than that, then chances are you're probably not going to hang on to Jordan Love. 
there's not enough history, though, Bill, to, 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 to deal love, to get the, what they want. It would be pie on the Packers' face to let them go after all the stuff they went through to get them and develop them. Um, yeah, but if you can develop the guy and then still get another, say, second round draft choice for him, get what you got out of him. Yeah, I look, I'm a, I think that you're still going to see Jordan Love play at the end of the year and you're going to have a determining factor as to whether or not he's good or he's not. Though that, that to me, that's what you're going to be looking at. You're going to appreciate the phone call. You're going to figure out by the end of this season, are those two series that you saw him play against Philadelphia? Is that real? Or did he just have a couple of good series and then go back to what we saw against Kansas City and go back to what we saw in the second half of the game against Detroit? And then you'll figure it out. Okay, then then you'll figure out what Jordan Love has. I th- There's a lot of unknowns regarding the offseason. You know, Gudekins alluded to the fact that good left tackles are hard to find. If that's the case, is he alluding to the fact that they're going to keep David Bakhtiari, which would mean you would almost have to restructure his deal, right? Because when he's played, he's played well. But it's been a calamity of issues. It's been the coming back from the knee, and then when he finally starts to get good, then he has an appendicitis, then he's got to go down for a few weeks with that. and It's just been one thing after the other. You know what I mean? So do you keep him or not? That's another question they got to ask themselves. 877-867-1670. Hit us up. Got a lot more of the Bill Michael Show coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. It's the Rams and the Packers. Tonight at 7.15 here at Lambeau Field, Aaron Jones is in his sixth season with the Packers. So far, he has four touchdown receptions this season, but only two rushing TDs. Is the cold weather an advantage for running backs? It is. Uh, December football in Lambeau is nothing like it. The cold, and uh, I feel like guys think about it when they're coming down to tackle. It hurts them, too, to tackle and, and hit that ground. So they think about it a little bit more. Just to, I, That's all I need is a second of you thinking, and I'll, I'm out of there. The Rams come into the game with several key players out with injuries. Head coach Sean McVay. From a game status, Brian Allen will be questionable. Marquise Copeland will be out. Aaron Donald will be out. Traven Howard will be out. David Long will be out. And John Wofford will be out. Rams defensive back Jalen Ramsey says it's hard to replace guys like Aaron Donald dealing with an ankle injury, or quarterback Matthew Stafford, and wide receiver Cooper Cup. Some boys you just can't feel, right? And that's just the reality of it. Like, can't nobody be AD, can't nobody be Stafford, can't nobody be Cooper Cup around here. And we ain't even asking for that. I'm staying strong for them, and I'm pushing through it, and I'm working hard, and I'm doing all the things that I just named so that they can see me doing that by example and when I'm with all of them. So I'm going through the same things that they're going through. The Packers' Christian Watson has caught eight touchdowns the past four games. How does the rookie receiver plan to deal with a trash talker like Jalen Ramsey while catching passes in the cold? Um, I mean, my number one objective is to get warm and stay warm. Uh, I think once you get moving around, it's not bad, but try not to think about it as much as you can. Just play ball. Obviously, you know, I know he's going to talk a lot know he's going to be you know pretty chippy but uh you know i'm just do me that's packers wide receiver christian watson in green bay i'm mike clemens on the bill michaels show welcome back hey don't forget about our friends at kane and kane jewelers here to world and there is still time if you are looking for that special somebody on your gift list and you're looking for jewelry of any type they're located in west bend wisconsin go to kane k-o-e-h-n kane jewelry.com that's kane jewelry.com 
And they have got uh, not only a terrific selection, but they treat you incredibly well. And uh, the podcast, the Buy Like a Guy podcast, you can uh, set up a, a special appointment to, to go out there and look at specific things. But it is in West Bend, and it is worth the drive. Check out our friends Andy Kane, Jen Kane, everybody out there at Kane and Kane Jewelers. Uh, com. That's com in West Bend. It is worth the drive, as they say. You bet. I've known Andy for years. Good guy, and I've even gotten some stuff from them. So absolutely, check out com. Coming up after the top of the hour, uh, Mike Clements with Kingsley and Akbari. Uh, and a really neat story. Uh, so you're going to want to hear it coming up here in about about seven minutes. So stay tuned for that, okay? Just hang in there. We're going to get to it. We got about three minutes till the top of the hour, and after that, we got uh, Mike Clements with Kingsley and, and Igbari, and then we're going to have Mike Clements with us the rest of the way. So stay tuned. Uh, let's get to our guy Gerard listening to us in Delaware. Gerard, what's going on, man? How you doing? Hey, Bill. Um, I always felt they played tight. Uh, I, I think that was has been brought up, and all the games. Now think about it: the Super Bowl year, they were beat up, they were injured, the whole bit. So they were playing on the road. So basically, they always look like underdogs, okay? But mm-hmm. in the other games, even the Seattle game, they didn't go for the jugular. They didn't go for the kill shot. Right. They didn't do that. And and in every other game, not only Rodgers. Now, Rodgers is the pretentious guy. He's not a bad guy, but he's pretentious, and he, he comes off in different ways. But as far as the for being tight, who's who's the common denominator? That's always been there. Okay? It's Rodgers. Mm-hmm. All right? I'm, I'm just going by this, this. McCarthy was terrible in clock management. Awful. Okay? And this right. coach, to me, he, he's tight. He's tight 24 hours a day, this guy. Okay? And it's only going to get worse now. Right. Because of the past expectations. So think of all the games that they just lost, the big games that they just lost. He was there. Now, if you watched, let me get this real quick. If you watched the Raider game yesterday, the announcers said, look at how Carr is doing now, being that he's not throwing the ball only to Adams. He's spreading it around. That's what made their comeback. Okay? Mm-hmm. Now, look what he did. How many times did he focus on Adams and not throw it to other guys? This is a big ball of wax. I Look, I don't think they're going to trade him, but I would after this season because you could get still a ton from him him. and there's probably 10 teams looking for quarterbacks. Right. So, so, but my whole thing, Bill is they play tight and big games. There's no, come on, you know, disprove it. Disprove it. No, when they get punched in the mouth, they don't play tight until they get punched in the mouth and then they don't have a response. That's the biggest thing that's disappointing about this team is that we've seen it time and again where they can just run all over teams and they get those that two-score lead and it's lights out. But if they get punched in the mouth or there's adversity and suddenly there's a turnover, go back to when Aaron Jones fumbled, uh, Mercedes Lewis uh, last year fumbled, they had no answer mm-hmm. after that. After they got off to a rolling start yeah, after that, nothing after that. It was like they just Who's tightened up. Whose fault is that? Who's fault that's a head that? coach. That's a head coach. And, and it's not the quarterback going up. Look, he's not a rah-rah guy. He's no. A, he, he, he's a defensive guy. You know what I mean as far as the... Yeah, you know, he's, he's a do-as-I-say, not-as-I-do. And, and the only time he ever sees an emotion is when he's pissed off at something. Or he throws a touchdown, he gives you the fist bump. Gerard, i got to run here. Appreciate it. Top of the hour. No, I agree. I, and I've said this before. 
that to me is coaching. You had much like you saw with yesterday. You saw it happen with Mike McCarthy's guys and the Dallas Cowboys. You saw it happen with Jeff Saturday's guys and the Indianapolis Colts. You saw it happen with Miami. They kind of knew they were going to lose that game. We we saw it over the weekend with that on display where coaches just go, "Let's do this. We believe. Let's go." It we've seen it happen. Coming up next, Kingsley Enigbare of the Green Bay Packers. A really, really interesting interview with Mike Clemens and Mike Clemens, the the, the, the final hour. Stay tuned. Whole lot more of the Bill Michael Show next. The Bill Michael Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.